Welcome in to the His Sinners Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. Today we have week three. We have our preview pod with the wrap-up of the Thursday night game, the snooze fest that was the Niners versus the Giants. We talk about all this weekend's games, highlight what we believe will be the key components to the team that we predict will win. That's next here on His and Her Podcast. All right, Paige, I have a Niners fan in my life, okay? I work with him every day, and he's a listener. Okay, so he asked if I'd play that. Um, That sucked. So you're welcome, Tyson. But the Niners beat the Giants at home. Um, there, there wasn't a lot to take from it, in my opinion. I think that I, you know, I won't dive crazy. I just, you look at Brock Purdy's numbers this year and there's an element to Shanahan's system where, yeah, just run the system, run, run what he outlines and it's going to be successful. And I get it. They have the best skill group collectively in the entire league. And they didn't even have Brandon Ayuk tonight. But, man, I just feel like right now Brock Purdy is not playing, like, incredibly well. Like, there's a lot of weird, like, turnover-worthy plays that he made tonight that didn't turn into anything. Like, he fumbled the snap on, like, his 10-yard line that he recovered himself. There's a couple, like, tip, tip balls. What, that one that got topped right in the air was caught by, you know, a 49 player, like just weird stuff like that happening for him. And my only thought, and, you know, we'll find out when they play week five, they play the Cowboys at home Sunday night football. That'll be a really good game. But I just am interested to see when he gets behind in the game and maybe, you know, down 10 quick. Like, how does that team look? But I don't know. I just, it was just weird. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting too, because even without Brandon Ayuk, that offense was still like rolling. They still scored 30 points, Yeah, which is like, I think that's the interesting thing is like, even with Brock party, Brock Purdy, not looking great. Like the 49ers still scored 30 points. Like, and right. so it's just interesting. Like, it's just such a well, like, and you know what? It's probably because like one of the benefits of having a starting quarterback that gets picked at literally the last possible second um, is that he is the, like they mentioned it tonight on the broadcast, like he's the lowest paid starting quarterback in the league. He's making just over, just over 900,000 this year. And so it's like that, the ability to have so much more cap space to be able to give that money to other players, like the 49ers are just in the perfect position right now when it comes to being able to have a quarterback that might not be like extremely elite because they're able to pay all of these other guys. So they're just, they're so deep when it comes to all of the other positions that it makes up for what Brock Purdy lacks, because it's like, you just give it to Debo, you just give it to Christian McCaffrey and they will get it up the field. At least they'll get 10 extra yards on every three yard play that they run from the first initial point of contact. And so they just have such weapons on offense that it's like, Brandon Brock Purdy doesn't have to play a perfect game. And a lot of quarterbacks in the league don't have that flexibility. And so it just makes, it just allows for more mistakes by Brock Purdy. And it just gives him more time to like grow and become a better quarterback over the course of time. But like, like even with a quarterback, that's not popping off. Like it's just incredible. Well, I think that touchdown drive they had, I think it was probably their first one in the first half. They had a third and 15 and they had a third and 13 on the same drive that were converted by wide receiver screens. I think one was to McCaffrey, one was to Debo. And that's a, you know, wide receiver screens are a combination of the guy you get the ball to and the offensive line being able to get out of field, creating enough push to get you to get you where you need to go. So I agree with you. Uh, it's just, it, I think that type, this type of team will roll to, you know, 14 wins this year, you know, right around 14 wins, win that division. 
But when he gets when the rubber meets the road and and they face, you know, a deficit in the playoffs, like I just I, I'm curious to see what Purdy has in him in terms of the ability to overcome and make big plays. Um, and maybe he doesn't. And maybe this team is good, good enough. I mean, you think back to Tom Brady's years early on when he was winning Super Bowls, it was a lot of the similar stuff. Like, just get the ball out. Don't turn the ball over. Uh, allow the defense to to pin their ears back and to play fast. And just just control the game. Just make it to where you're not giving up short fields and easy you know, touchdowns for the opposing team. And we'll be in and win a lot of games. And so... As long as the 49ers stay healthy and you can see it and we'll get to it, the Cowboys, but this stuff can just happen in the NFL. It's the, it's the craziest crap. It's so different from any other league. I feel like where it is a Thursday, it's two days before a game and all of a sudden they lose their all pro cornerback and then their center, like, like almost tore hamstring and he's day to day. Like it just, it's crazy. So we, we can dive into that, but what I want to get into the Falcons and the Lions. We'll start going down Sunday's games. So Falcons and Lions play. It's in Detroit. Detroit's coming off that that loss that I think stings them. Uh, they also lose C.J. Gardner Johnson to a tour peck, the signee that they had uh, from Philadelphia, who really good, really good defensive back for him. The Falcons, the two and zero Falcons, coming off a a twelve point fourth quarter comeback on the Green Bay Packers. At home, Desmond Ritter, undefeated as a starter at home, now goes on the road. And he's seen that he found more of a rhythm uh, to his game in that second half. Felt like he was starting to become more comfortable. And with the weapons of B. John Robinson, you know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, uh, with Tyler Algier kind of as that workhorse. They got a good offense. But Paige, the Falcons at, at Detroit, who are you taking in this matchup? I'm taking the Falcons in this one, and it's simply because of the Lions secondary. I mean, we've called that out a couple times in the past couple of weeks, but I just think that Desmond Ritter found a rhythm against Green Bay. And now that he's facing the seventh ranked, the I mean, the offense, the defense with the seventh most passing yards allowed per game um, this year, then I just think that we're going to be able to see Desmond Ritter to keep kind of get into that rhythm. I think it's going to be high scoring on both sides. Um but I do think that with David Montgomery being a little bit banged up, that it's going to allow, it's going to struggle uh, against the ground game. So I just think that the, I think the Falcons are going to be able to shut down on um, the Lions passing and the run. And it's just going to make it really difficult for the Lions to get anything cooking on Sunday. Um, and then, I mean, another point is like Detroit has been really good against the run this year, but they haven't faced a runner like Bijan Robinson up to this point. And I could just see him finding a way to rip that uh, Lions defense apart. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Detroit uh, in this game for the simple fact that I think when you I think they're very similar in how well they're coached. I think they're very similar in the type of playmakers they have on both sides of the ball. The, you know, going to take Jared Goff over Desmond Gritter. That's that's really where it just kind of comes down to at home. You know, if this was in Atlanta, probably may lean just the other way. But I think at home, seeing Jared Goff do it longer, more confidently and, and overall has been playing really well. And so I'm just going to go with the fact that if the Lions start one and two, lose, I mean, to open Losing the two season, games at home. Yeah, to open the season that way, beating Kansas City and then to. To, to rip off two losses at home. I mean, that would be the most Detroit thing ever. So maybe you're onto something, but that would be devastating for kind of everything that was building up over there, especially how they look like they're controlled that half against Seattle. So I'm going to go with the lines. Uh, we have a, or I, I don't know. It's been de deemed the first loser leaves town game of the year and probably rightfully so we have the chargers versus the Vikings, the battle of the Owen two teams. Uh, and if you watched, you know, I, I've been able to watch a lot of the Chargers game. Um, and uh, and obviously, I've watched all the Vikings games. And a lot of the time, if you watch at a certain point, you like, oh, that team's the better team in this football game. That team should be the one uh, that walks away with the win. But for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. So it's in Minnesota. Obviously, the Chargers are 
are favored in this game, just for some reason, people like me still think that they're like a 13, 14 win team. Paige, who in this Loserville game saves their season? Well, first, I'm going to throw the stat at you that everyone's throwing at. <coughs> Since 1979, only six teams have started 0-3 and made the playoffs. Most recently, the Houston Texans did it in 2018. So the past five years, you haven't seen anyone be able to do it. So I think that's why it's like win or go home because there's just so few teams that ever make the playoffs after starting this deficit. So obviously a big game for both of these teams. And also it's just something to both of these teams of the fact that like they're both really entertaining teams to watch. They both have hype around them for different reasons. They both have like stellar quarterbacks that can really get things going on the ground. They've got exciting players. And yet they still leave something to be desired over the past two years, obviously both of them in the playoffs last year. So I think that this is a matchup that a lot of people weren't expecting to be and two from the get go. And so I think that's why it's got a lot of focus on it. Um, the Vikings can't stop turning the ball over. And the Chargers, who have not turned the ball over yet this season, can't seem to close games as they've lost both in fourth quarters. Um, pretty, pretty close defeats for the Chargers. And also the Vikings as well. It's only nine points combined that the Vikings have lost their games by. And so I think that it's going to be a really, really fun offensive game. I think you're going to see, I don't think either defense is something to write home about. And so I think that you're going to see, it's going to come down to which offense is able to consistently score and then which defense is going to be able to get one or two turnovers. So I think for the Vikings to win this game, they really need to force the chargers at least first turnover of the season. And then They've got to attack through the air and we've got to see Justin Jefferson. We've got to see Jordan Addison. We've got to see TJ Hawkinson really getting yardage. KJ Osborne in the mix. Like we have to see all of these guys uh, getting a lot of yardage for the Vikings to be able to stay competitive with uh, explosive offense like the Chargers. I think overall, um, I, I, I wish that I could be a schedule maker for the NFL because I think a lot of times they just fall into Certain traps because, I mean, the Giants of the Niners, I mean, that was just an awful primetime game. One score games, the Vikings in the last uh, four, four or five years have played 37 one score games. The Giants have, or the Chargers have played 36. So if you want an entertaining football game, I don't know why this one slotted at 11. I mean, truly, this should be, I mean, this would draw a lot of eyeballs because this game's going to be good. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of points. I'm going to go with the Vikings just because I have no other choice. But you could tell yeah. me they lose, and I wouldn't be surprised, sadly. Yeah, this one I go back and forth every couple of minutes, but I don't know. It's like it's the Vikings fan in me. I have to choose them for this win. I'll probably regret, regret it on Sunday afternoon at 3, but I just I don't, I don't see the Vikings losing three games in a row. The New Orleans Saints travel to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh, the Saints start out 2-0, and they have been kind of sluggish, ugly type of wins. One at home against Tennessee, and this previous night in Carolina against the Panthers. Derek Carr uh, has shown moments, but he, he has shown that in the fourth quarter, he is the difference maker from where they were last year, making the throws down the sideline to set up the game-winning or game-sealing uh, score. So... Uh, and and obviously the Packers coming off that blown double digit loss on the road against the Falcons. They start they're one on one, and it is their home opener. I have the Saints beating the Packers in Green Bay. I believe that Derek Carr and I and I really and I've been on this. I mean, go back to the preview. I've been on this. I've been on the Saints. I think they're a really good team in terms of the overall talent. Their defense is phenomenal. They have a lot of playmakers all over the place. And I think that this week is no different. I think Jordan Love will get his first real taste. You look at the teams that they've played. It hasn't been, I mean, the Bears are terrible, terrible dumpster fire, burn the organization down type of bad. And the Falcons are kind of, I would rank the Falcons middle of the pack in terms of everything that they do. And so I think the Saints, the first elite defense that he's going to play, and I think he's going to struggle. 
And I think the Saints will just win another kind of ugly, close, contested game that Derek Carr pulls, you know, or seals it at the end. What about you, Paige? Yeah, I'm also taking the Saints in the Saints in this one for a couple of reasons. The Saints offensively have not been that great in these past two games. Um, and specifically in the red zone, it's just been a really, really ugly offense. And so I think you're going to see that cleaned up a bit. I think you're going to see Derek Carr um, being more efficient and just being better in the pocket, handling the ball better. And so I think this is going to be a close game, uh, especially because it's in Green Bay. And I still think that the Packers have a lot of exciting things on their side, especially when it comes to the offense. Um, but I just think you're going to see the Saints bounce back a little bit of their offensive play, kind of get that more narrowed down. And I'm taking the Saints because I think they have a better roster and a more experienced quarterback, and it's just hard to bet against that. Yeah, there's really there's really not much to add to that. I I I think that's said perfectly. The better roster, more experienced quarterback, tough place to play, but I think that they get it done. The Texans are on the road against Jacksonville. Jacksonville coming off the disappointing loss to the Chiefs where they didn't score an offensive touchdown. The Texans coming off a bludgeoning at home against the Colts. What is more likely, Paige, the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the new-look Houston Texans? Or can the Texans go in an upset and begin there, get their first win of the season, and do it in an upset fashion? I actually kind of like this one for like this one is kind of on upset alert for me simply because I think the Texans are like they've got a like some exciting things happening over there. And I could see like lo losing a rough game to the Indianapolis Colts. I feel like they'll have a little chip on their shoulders going into Jacksonville. But I just think with Jacksonville having lost to Kansas City in a really ugly offensive game last week. Um, I just think we're going to see a bounce back from Trevor Lawrence. And so an interesting stat, though, is that uh, ever since Trevor Lawrence has been in Jacksonville, they're one and three against the Texans. So they've got his number a little bit. But I'm just I just think that you're going to see the Jacksonville offense kind of really cooking this week. And you're going to see them run up the score against the Texans to kind of recover from the ugly, ugly game that we had to endure in Kansas City. Yeah, you know, obviously D'Amico Ryan's is a defensive guy, but Will Anderson isn't going to be enough. They just had an injury to Stingley, the draft pick from last year, so he's going to be out. Uh, and obviously, usually when, when you see a good first-year head coach, it takes him a year, you know, towards the end of the year to start kind of really getting a groove and guys being to understand what they want to do uh, when it's a coach that, uh, is moving the place in the right direction. So, yeah, I think the Jags win. I, I think it's probably pretty easy, uh, and they improve uh, to two and one and improving in that division uh, to repeat as uh, division champs. So the Broncos uh, are 0-2. Uh, they had, it's tough, much like the Patriots, where they had their first two games of the year at home, and they lost both of them, and both in ways that you got to be kicking yourself. Obviously, the first week, uh, when they played the Raiders in that real close contest and they just weren't able to make the plays at the end to win. But particularly last week, they jump out to a 21 to three lead on a, basically a first year quarterback, first four, first full year starting in Sam Howell. They end up giving 30 plus points away. And the worst part about it is they even get a Hail Mary at the end, but can't convert the two point conversion and they end up losing. So they drop to Owen two. The Miami Dolphins coming off impressive road wins in back-to-back -back weeks, beating the Chargers and beating the Patriots on Sunday Night Football last week. Doing it in a variety of ways. Obviously, the game against the Chargers was high-flying, lots of points, lots of offense. Tyreek Hill, 200 yards, a couple touchdowns. And then last week, a lot more of a defensive showing to show that they are pretty balanced. Paige, desperation time for the Broncos. This season is quickly getting out of hand for Sean Payton. What chance do you give the Broncos going in and beating what many are calling the best team in the AFC? 12% chance. 12. Did the math. Okay. Did the math. Yeah. Like, quick math. You know, stats. One, one, I'm a stats machine over here. One in eight. You give them one in eight chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I just, the one thing that concerns me that's obviously concerning everyone else is that Jalen Waddles on concussion protocol. So there's a chance that Waddles not on the field. And obviously that impacts the Dolphins offense, but that still does not scare. Even without say Waddle doesn't play any snaps on Sunday. It 
there's it still doesn't stress me out enough to think that the Broncos are going to be able to beat this team. Um, a lot of things go in. I just have a lot of thoughts about this whole thing because Russell Wilson did hit 300 passing yards and was over 9.5 yards per attempt on average. And so like his numbers are looking much better than last year, but when you look at that game, you kind of mentioned it, there was like a Hail Mary pass, like three, like half of those yards came on three passes alone. And so it's like, he's not cooking extremely well. And obviously those long runs are burning the frying pan, dog. But it's just like they didn't play well against a Raiders defense that isn't that intimidating. They lose at home both games. And then I just don't like traveling to Miami. Like, I just I just don't see them being able to like they can't pull out two wins at home. I don't think there's any way they're going to pull out a win in Dolphins land. Dolphins land, huh? (laughs) What what is a dolphin? What noise does a dolphin make? Yeah, looking at the weather too, I think it's important. Obviously, the our Dolph- old reliable Zachy B will always bring up the weather. Thank you. Uh, call me meteorologist Zachy B. Um, it's going to. There's a storm that's kind of rolling through. I should have a little graph up here so it's <laughs> on the video version. But Not there's a kind storm. Of, there's kind of a storm that's rolling through the East Coast. I don't think it's going to hit Miami particularly, but there's some games like the Bills game. Uh, kind of those Upper East Coast ones that it is worth keeping an eye on. It might get a little bit sloppy. But on Sunday, there is rain on the schedule for Miami, 82 degrees, 70% humidity. So you know for a fact that the Miami Dolphins are going to be rocking the all-white unis and they're going to make um, they're going to make the Broncos in either like the blue or what you know, the orange or whatever that the Broncos want to wear. And so and then they're going to be stuck in the sun. It's going to be raining. So I just think I think this has a chance, truly, to be a blowout. I could see. I mean, think about Sam Howell. Okay, Sam Howell, the first full time starting, and I mean that I, I really like McLaurin. I really like Jahad Donson, but they're not. I, I don't. I wouldn't call them like a juggernaut on offense. And maybe by the end of the year, I'm wrong. You know, because with Eric Bieniemy, maybe they they just are. But I wanted to look up how many points did they end up putting up on the Broncos, the Commanders? Thirty-five points. Okay, so they put thirty-five points on them. I, I would, I would not, I would, I, I would bet a lot of money that the Miami Dolphins do the same thing. Okay, because with the speed that they have, how good Mike McDaniel is calling plays, I think this one's going to be a route, a route. There you go. The Titans travel to Cleveland. Deshaun Watson looked terrible on Monday uh, Night Football. Baseball. No one is mad about it. The Tennessee Titans come off a big win at home. They'd actually sneakily, the Titans, they'd been on an eight-game losing streak. Or it was like seven, and that would have been eight. Kind of like shockingly, because of what you think of variable in that team. But they snapped the skid, beat the Chargers at home. Now they travel to Cleveland. Um, obviously Cleveland dealing with a lot, Nick Chubb with a horrific knee injury, um, Deshaun Watson being a pervert, uh, that's still a problem for him. Um, that's, that's a problem for everybody. Can I, uh, <laughs> is, are you, do you like, do you want a little dark humor or no? Yeah, let's hear it. So you know how they signed dark humor, dark humor Friday. Do you know how, you know, how they signed cream hunt? Yeah. And then there's a practice video of Deshaun Watson throwing to um, Kareem Hunt. And it was like yeah, getting, getting the groove back. And someone like quote tweeted it. Some to the extent of like this got to be the most offensive room to women of all time. Or the most offensive backfield of all time. He got Kareem Hunt the kicker and Deshaun Watson the stroker. I mean, that oh my just, gosh. that's just crazy. So that's anyway, awful. anyway, um, Paige, Titans-Browns, who do you like? Who do you got? What say ye? Well, I think I have made it very clear that I want nothing. I don't want any part of the Cleveland Browns organization, especially without Nick Chubb is the darling of the NFL. No one has anything bad to say about Nick Chubb. And you can't tell me that Deshaun Watson is not voodoo, like possessed. And it's because of him that Nick Chubb got hurt. Like, wow. 
You just, you, you have to blame it on the evil guy in the room because you can't blame it on the little angel Nick Chubb for him having that awful injury. And can we just talk about that Monday night football game when they were like, they wouldn't let us see the replay, but then we had to hear the crowd's reaction to the replay because <laughs> I think that was more upsetting than the replay itself. Um, yeah, it was weird. But obviously upsetting loss for the Steelers. It was a weird game. One of the weirdest games I've ever watched, I feel like. And Deshaun Watson can't stop getting unsportsmanlike conduct calls. Like that was the, I was like, is this actually happening? I've never seen a quarterback make so many severe mistakes like this in terms of penalties. And so just a weird game overall. The Steelers, like offensive play on both sides was just so bad. Bless the Steelers defense. Um. But, okay, all to say, I think that the Browns' defensive front should be able to, like, control the Titans. Yes. But I think that Tannehill is capable enough, and with Mike Babrell as a coach, that they're going to be able to pull out a victory over the Browns. I think playing in Cleveland is going to be a little bit tough. But I think that the Titans pulling out a win over the Chargers last week, they're a team that I think everyone, like, writes off every season, and yet they are consistent, and they're above 500, and they make the playoffs frequently. And so I'm going to put my money on the Titans for this one, simply because I, I'll i have to bet against the Browns, like, almost every game this season. No, that's fair. I'm going to take the Browns. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson obviously having trouble with face masks and stuff. He, you know, obviously has a hard time where he's putting his hands, you know. He, he doesn't have control over him. So <laughs> I unfortunately going to take the Browns at home. I just am not a huge believer in Ryan Tannehill. And I just think that defense. You got to give him more time to prove himself. Yeah, it's true. You know, we're in year 10. Who knows? <laughs> um, so I just, I don't know. I just really think uh, I just, I, I really like Vrabel and I like a lot of things about the Titans, but I just, Tannehill just, yeah, take him or leave him and I will leave him. This one is you're on crack for this one, this one though, but we'll let you go. Um, Bills at Commanders, uh, Buffalo playing in Washington. I'll just let you go. I'll set. I'll just say that. Can okay. uh, you open? Listen. Do I thing. listen? This is this is going to be my upset call of the week because I I'm just riding the Commanders hype train right now. I'm enjoying this little two and zero start that we've got with the Washington Commanders. But I do truly believe that their ability to rush the passer and the combination of our favorite Eric B. Enemy's play calling, I think that there's a real chance that the commanders can upset the Bills um, in this game. Obviously, the Bills are the favorites, but commanders right now are tied with the Dallas Cowboys with 10 sacks on the season, which is just incredible. And I just think that we have got some really awesome football that's going to happen. But I just think with the pressure they're going to be able to put on Josh Allen, I think that you're going to see him make a mistake, get a turnover, throw one of those Josh Allen-like interceptions that makes this game a close one. So I'm just this is just my upset of the week, just having a little fun, feeling a little frisky. I mean, you have to have him. I understand. I just I like Josh, and I think last week, is more of who he um, is more often than not. I think it's been a little overblown about his turnovers and they have happened at bad times, but overall, obviously he's a tremendous quarterback. And so I think that's more who he is. And and there's nothing about the commanders. They have a good defensive line with sweat and chase young made his return last week had a sack and a half. And there's a lot to like there, but I'm just going to take the proven commodity again. It makes sense. I could see it, but I my gut feeling just tells me to go with Josh Allen and the Bills on the road. That's probably a good gut feeling. The cutest boy in the NFL. Growing his hair out, getting a little swaggy. Throwing a little 13-year-old Zachy. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looked at I, those for inspo picks. That's it. He yeah, he <laughs> said, Who is that kid? I need to be him. <laughs> Oh boy. Um <laughs> Colts at Ravens. We have the the Indianapolis Colts playing the Baltimore Ravens. A little uh, revenge game for those of you who do know. Baltimore was taken. The Ravens were they were taken from Baltimore. Indianapolis took the Colts from Baltimore. Is what I'm trying to say. You got there. You got I got there. there. There we go. 
That doesn't and by matter. that he means that the Colts used to be in Baltimore. There we go. That's who that's who uh the Jets beat. Okay. It's historians <laughs> here. Um it's been weird. The Ravens are two and oh, but it hasn't, you know, with Lamar and social media, I don't know if it's like a level of people are bored, but you know, or he just hasn't had like those like whoa plays. He's just been more refined and because that whole, I watched that a lot of that Bengals and Ravens game, and it ended up being a three point game. But at no point did I think the Ravens were going to lose that football game. Lamar was just kind of steady, made the throws when he needed to, uh, been super efficient, almost 75% completion percentage with the weapons that he has. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens at home. Anthony Richardson is a question mark going through the concussion protocol at this point, Thursday night, still not knowing whether he's going to be ready to play. Um, the Colts coming off a great win, but I'm going to take the Ravens at home. Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens too. Anthony Richardson. Or Sleeper team, I'm telling you. Yeah, uh, Anthony Richardson's on concussion protocol. That makes us sad, but I do think it'll be. A- <laughs> Let's talk about our emotions. <laughs> but uh, I just think this is the thing is that, yeah, I just feel like the Ravens aren't getting a ton of like talk like you mentioned because it's like they've won. But I feel like they've won quietly in the first two weeks and there hasn't been a, any like major things going on there aside from Dobbins ter- ter- tearing his Achilles in the first game. R.I.P. my fantasy team. Um, But I do think that we're just going to see this Ravens team get better and better each week. And I think the Colts are a great matchup for them to iron out some more of like the offensive schemas that they really want to get into rhythm. I think especially with losing someone like Dobbins that they were building so much around in the preseason, they've had to make those adjustments and they've been able to come out with a game and a half without him and come out on top. And so I think you're just going to continue to see the Ravens get into that rhythm. I think Zay Flowers is as good as he's looked in these first two games. And it's just going to get more and more exciting in Baltimore to watch that combination of Lamar Jackson choosing flowers. And so, yeah, just excited to kind of see what we've got there. So going with the Ravens on this one, not a lot of faith in the Colts this season, especially not without Anthony Richardson. Yeah, there's, you know, to me, yeah, I agree with you. I just, I, I just think the Ravens are going to, make this one of their more statement wins um, for the season. The New England Patriots traveled to New Jersey to take on the Jets. Zach Wilson comes off an incredible high, leading that Monday night football win to the lowest of lows, getting their teeth kicked in by the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know what to make of the Patriots. They've played two. You know, I think when you look at the start of the season, they probably had a, like one of the toughest starts. I mean, both games were at home, but the teams you were playing were some of the higher quality teams in the entirety of the NFL. And, you know, could be a Super Bowl matchup between those two. So you played it really tough. They had good success in some ways, but Mac Jones looked bad in others. But quite, you know, quite honestly, it's Zach Wilson. And, I, and for a long time, I'm just not going to pick him unless – unless he shows anything else. I mean, that defense is really good, but so is the Patriots. He's playing Bill Belichick, who Bill Belichick has like tormented the poor kid into just the absolute worst way. And they haven't beaten them since 2015. So I'm going to ride with the Patriots in this one. Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots as well. I just think that Bill, like, I don't know. I just, I can't bet a bit bet against Bill Belichick starting out 0-3, no matter what team he has right now in that organization. Um, obviously, the biggest question mark for the Jets is figuring out uh, how to play with Zach Wilson when it's like, how many times you have to give this guy a chance before you give up on him? Yeah. Um, and so, but the one thing I will say is that the Jets' defense did not play well last week. And that is a defense that had a lot of hype going into the season that has a lot of stellar players on it. And so that's the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause with this because I could see that Jets defense having a major bounce back week. And if they're able to put pressure on Mac Jones and get a couple interceptions, a couple thumbers that they return for touchdowns, then I could totally see that Jets defense pulling out a tight win here. But 
I still want to go with the Patriots just because I can't bet against Bill Belichick. And I think that they're going to be able, it's more likely to me that Zach Wilson is going to throw multiple interceptions than it is to say that Mac Jones is going to throw the same amount of interceptions. And so going with him, because he's got a 66.7% career completion rate and Wilson sitting at a 55.1% completion rate. Yeah. 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 I'm not a Mac Jones guy. I don't I just there's not there's something about him like demeanor wise. I don't think the Jones is in the NFL. I'm gonna be honest. Daniel jo- Jones, Mac Jones. No, they're not. I'm not on them. I'm not on those boats. Is there do I have to watch another Giants game? I know this is kind of reverting back. To, like, how many primetime bullshit games am I gonna have to watch of Daniel Jones? The guy is terrible. Okay. Like so bad. Okay. Yeah, he so, dimes. I hate him. He's the worst. Like I, he's so bad. Is he worse than Zach Wilson? No, but it's close. Like okay, there's 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, and I would put Daniel Jones below average. I would put him somewhere in like the oh 19, for 20, sure, 1920. And Zach Wilson's probably 32. <laughs> so I mean, they're closer than people want to realize. Because like if he's 20 or 21, they're only 11 spots away. So all I know is that Daniel Jones on that Jets team is you're still probably you're you're not really competing for anything different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, there's the Chiefs. There's really not much to talk about on this one. I so I I'm in a well, survivor. You, you jumped over the Panther Seahawks. Oh shoot, my bad. Panthers at Seahawks. <laughs> Seattle coming off an impressive uh come from behind win against the Detroit Lions. The Panthers 0-2. Andy Dalton going to be starting this week uh Bryce Young hurt his ankle which if you are a Carolina Panthers fan you have to already um be concerned because his biggest concern playing in the NFL is the fact that he is tiny and going to get hurt and now in the second game that has happened he's looked fine especially because he's just getting hit so much yeah that, I mean the Panthers team's Probably one of the worst teams in the NFL, if not the worst. It's like baptism by fire. So Seattle, any chance of uh, of an upset here? I don't think so. I think Seattle wins pretty pretty handedly. Yeah, I think that uh, Seattle's run game is going to be really comfortably just dominating this Panthers defense. So I think the only thing, you always talk about the weather. I'm always going to talk about travel schedules. So the only <laughs> thing I think working against Seattle is that they've had to fly flown across the country in back-to-back weeks and they like they had an overtime game against Detroit. And so there's just like that opportunity of like the players are exhausted, but I still think that the Seahawks are going to pull out this win. Yeah, I think when anytime you have a really good home field, it's hard to come out flat. I feel like, or at least it's harder. And so when you're talking about Seattle coming home and they already lost a home opener, but they win an emotional game. I think I think they'll be up for it, ready to kick some teeth in. So I'm coming home. Except like that logic doesn't work when you think about what happened last year, what the game we decided to go to, where the Vikings had an emotional game against the Bills I, and no, Buffalo, no, 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 came no, no. home and got destroyed. I said it. It's harder. I didn't say it doesn't happen. The Bears at Chiefs. Uh, the Bears suck. So I'm in a survivor pool where you pick a team and. You just got to be the last person standing. All they have to do is win. Okay. Typically, I like to wait till later in the week to make sure injuries, whatever, right? Like you've picked the Cowboys and then today happens. It's like Armageddon. You're like, oh no. So on Monday, however, I took one look at the schedule and I texted it in like 10 a.m. I knew I was taking the Chiefs at home against the Bears. Thank you. I mean, they're going to win by 14 plus. Going to be an easy game. It's going to be one of those games that the Chiefs kind of throw out all the stops. The Bears defense is terrible. Justin Fields can't process an NFL defense. Uh, there's not much good to say. They have their defensive coordinator resigning after his house gets raided by the FBI. I mean, their their entire franchise is in absolute disarray and uh, going to the defending Super Bowl champs. There's nothing good about it for them. Yeah, I mean, the Bears. 
31st defensive scoring rank in the league. So it's not looking good for them going up against the Kansas City offense, even though the Kansas City offense has their issues this season. I think you're going to see Travis Kelsey perform better. Um, I think the biggest concern for the Bears is that they have to go up against the Kansas City defense, which has been really, really good. Chris Jones going into his second week being back. It's just going to be cooking. And like Justin Fields just holding the ball way too long these past two games. Um, Luke Getze just really forcing like every play call is a throw call, not giving Justin Fields the opportunity to run, which is where Justin Fields Justin Fields finds his rhythm when he's able to be a rush and a throw QB. It's rush first, pass second. And that's yeah. when Justin Fields has signed, like shined. And his OC is not putting him in those situations, which has just made him look worse and worse over the course of this year. And so I, I don't think there is any way that the Bears win this game unless the Chiefs have every single person on their roster get hurt. I saw <laughs> I saw someone tweet about that. They're like, it was a Bears beat writer, and it said something to the extent of like, you know, if the if the Bears don't show up, and I mean not like emotionally, but like physically, if they if the Chiefs don't show up to the game, I still I still think we don't have a chance to cover the spread. Like it was <laughs> it was one of the like he's just like like if they don't show up, no, like I mean physically, if they're not at the stadium. <laughs> It's so sad <laughs> listening to Bears fans like the past week has just been the saddest thing because they've literally reached the point of having no hope at all. <laughs> yeah. So thoughts but, and prayers to no, the entire city of Chicago. Not at all. The next game, uh, I call this one a poopfecta. Uh, this one's not going to be on the screen at all. I could promise you that much. Cowboys at Arizona to take on the Cardinals. What do you mean? Cowboys are going to be in the red zone a hundred times. That's true. I do think the Cardinals, it's hard again when people talk about tanking and when people talk about teams giving up, it's hard. It, it doesn't happen in the NFL because these guys, like there's so many players and, you know, like for, you know, Gannon, who's the coach. I mean, there's no promises that if he leads a two and 15, you know, campaign that he's not fired immediately. You know what I mean? They, I mean, that's happened for the Cardinals that that they literally did that four or five years ago when they got Cliff Kingsbury. So anyway, so I think that initially they could be competitive in this game by, you know, maintaining kind of a close, you know, distance in the first half. But I mean, there's there's no way that they're going to they're going to win. There's just no way. Yeah, I don't I, know. Unless something horrible happens in Dallas and we got Micah Parsons and people going out tomorrow, it's. I don't yeah. see a way that they win. Obviously, I mean, Cardinals- we touched on it. Like Trayvon Diggs being out, like obviously that doesn't matter this week against the Cardinals. Yeah. It'll but matter that matters in future weeks. But yeah, it matters in the longevity of their team. Yeah, I just think that the Cardinals have been a little bit more uh, competitive than I expected them to be. Obviously, all the talk about them having the worst roster in the entire league, I like have been kind of surprised. Like they've been in both their games. Um, but yeah, agreed. I just think that. The Cowboys are going to continue to roll. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they've got a hundred to twenty point spread across first three games. Yeah, uh, the the next one is the Steelers at the Raiders, and I wanted to. There was a stat about the Steelers that was kind of remarkable against the Browns that I forgot to mention. They won that football game, and they didn't run a play inside the thirty yard line. So crazy. That's one of the weirdest stats I've ever heard in my life. Like. The touchdowns that they scored were long, and their defense, you know, recorded two of them. That is crazy. They didn't run a play inside the 30. That's how bad they played. On the offensive side of the ball, it's the Sunday night football game. Obviously, like a classic matchup between two historical franchises. Uh, The Raiders got off the plane, went into Buffalo, scored on the first drive, and then didn't do anything the rest of the game. Kind of an iconic way to do it, if you ask me. Like, it was kind of just like, Hey, we're here. And you know what? It was a long week. So thanks for having us. Type of Very thing, similar you know? to the Minnesota Vikings 2018 NFC Championship against the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> We've got to be sick of all the Minnesota Vikings stuff. It's just the- we have trauma. Okay. Yeah, and we have to express it. Um, so this game to me is like the weirdest game of the week, personally. That I that like I look at a million different ways and I just don't know. 
weirder than an entire team of rapists and wife beaters on the field. Who's that? The Browns. Oh, well, saying entire team is kind (laughs) of like, I mean, sour grapes ruin the bunch or whatever that saying is. But I think I'm going to lead on the Raiders here. Uh, I, mm. I just think the home field, it's the opener for them. They open two weeks uh, on the road. They're back at home, Sunday night football. I just, and again, I mean, it's going to be. Are you just saying that to make your buddy happy? Rob, I ride for Rob, yes. <laughs> I do think it's kind of like a home game for the for the Steelers. They travel really well, and obviously Vegas is a place everyone has circled when when they when their team plays there. So I could be wrong, but yeah, for my you know biases and what I would like to happen for my buddy. I'm going to go with the Raiders. And I, and I do think that, you know, they can, <laughs> they, they can. He says. I mean, Kenny Pickett hasn't shown. So there's only been two, there's been 31 quarterbacks that have started 10 games since like week 10 of the 2022 season or like week nine. It was something like that. And there's only two of them have Felders throw 10 touchdown passes. The two of them, Kenny Pickett, Zach Wilson. So it's not like Kenny Pickett's been, you know, blowing, blown it up by any means and all that hype in the preseason has kind of shown that it's been for nothing. So, yeah, I just kind of see this one. I could, I I can see either way. I think this is going to be a pretty even kill game in terms of talent on both sides, but I'm going to take the Steelers on this one simply because I like Mike Tomlin and nothing would explain, nothing would be better than another winning record that none of us can quite explain when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I just think that uh, it'll be a close game, but I think that you could see the the Steelers kind of having a little bit of like of a more stellar offensive performance because of how bad they looked on Monday night. They're going to bounce back a little bit, have a little be a little bit more efficient, and be able to just kind of pause Jimmy G and the Raiders' offense. Talking about offense, Baker Mayfield has looked pretty dang good this year. Uh, they got no one's more shocked than I. Uh, yes, they've gotten out to a 2 0 start. Now, many people are starting to revert back to the well, they have a lot of pieces of the Super Bowl team. You know, Baker Mayfield can manage Mike Evans with 170 yards last week. The Eagles come into town, the reigning Super Bowl champs coming off a six point win over the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. Kind of that mini buy for them. Where are we sitting? Do the Bucks have a chance to dethrone the Eagles at home? On a Monday night football, another another, another double header on Monday night. Yeah. Initially, I'm taking the buck. Initially, I was taking the Eagles on this one. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go upset on this one, too. Why not? So I'm going to take the bucks on this one. Uh, just in thinking about the Eagle, the Eagles played the Patriots and they played the Vikings and they skirted by with wins in both of those games. Didn't win by much. Didn't have a super intense offensive performance that really made you feel like this is the same Eagles team that we saw last year. They're not dominating in the same way. They don't look as efficient on defense. And so I just think that this could be an opportunity for the Eagles to kind of uh, get their first loss of the season. Um, I think that Baker Mayfield is sitting pretty at a little bit of a Geno Smith comeback from last year. So we all rode off. Mayfield and maybe he's not going to write us back this year. And so, yeah, I'm just going to take that. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the bucks and give them a little bit of love because I was really not kind about Baker Mayfield and I feel like I need to give him his flowers. Yeah. This ain't the game to do it. Um, Two no teams. This is the one I definitely am going to watch of the two more likely. What? Um, I don't know. The Rams Bengals pretty good, but this one just has kind of like a, like an ugly type of vibe to it. Obviously, the Eagles ran it all over the Minnesota Vikings, but the Bucks, one of their strong suits, is stopping the run. Vita Vea, Levante David, you know, these guys um, are meant to plug the run, and they do a really dang good job at it. So I would like to see the Bucks win. I like the Baker Mayfield story, the fact of bouncing around four teams in, you know, in two years and to land somewhere where he can you know, be successful would be really cool. But I'm going to take the Eagles on the road. Just think that they have. I think it'll be a close game, and that they'll do the things they need to to pull it out at the end. I also traded for DeAndre Swift on one of my fantasy teams, so I really hope. Yeah, well, I benched him last week. So, 
Oh, you want to hear travesty? I did a loyalty play. I had KJ Osborne on the bench, had Devontae Smith in my starting lineup. He said, you know what? The Vikes are gonna have to pass over the place. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in KJ Osborne. And I benched Devontae Smith and I lost by 10 and he outscored KJ Osborne by 16. So I just Yeah, well I been I benched Swift and I benched Cousins and I and I uh played Joe Burrow. And <laughs> so I had I had 54 points sitting on my bench and I lost by three. So that was nice. That's tragic. The last game of the doubleheader briefly mentioned Rams at Bengals, but Joe Burrow's status up in the air with the calf injury that has been lingering since the start of the preseason back way back in August when he strained it. Uh, the Bengals are 0-2. Uh, you can smell the desperation back-to-back years. He started 0-2. It's actually three out of the last four that they've started 0-2. Joe Burrow's only 1-7 in like his first two games of his career. Kind of an interesting little stat. Do the Bengals rebound at home, win, and get back on the right track to get their season back where they hope to be? Yeah, this one, uh, this one has probably got the biggest question mark for me because not knowing if Joe Burrow is going to play, obviously really difficult for a team to make the playoffs that goes 0-3, and I had the Bengals winning the Super Bowl this year. Rough look. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals on this one. I think the Rams have obviously showed a lot of promising things, but I just don't think Zach Taylor and the Bengals, especially after having two pretty upsetting offensive uh, showdowns the last two weeks, and with that stacked offense with Mixon and Higgins and Chase, like I just think that they're like the like the Bengals have to figure it out, and I think this is the week that they'll do it. I think being prime time on Monday night. We're going to see the Bengals get their first win. I agree with you. I just, I think what the Rams are doing is up to the coaching and like massive game planning advantages that they've had. Cause Sean McVay is a super winning coach, obviously. And then with Matthew Stafford and his ability to throw it all around and make guys like Puka Nakua ascend to a certain level is admirable. But when you have such a young team with, I think like 20 rookies on it, like eventually that talent gap happens. Like you saw it last week with the Niners. They hung around, they were in the game, but eventually that talent gap starts to show itself when you're not able to make the separation and the plays that you need to in those 50-50 situations. So it, you can't see the Bengals being 0-3. I know I can't, so I'm going to roll with them. And if it happens, then things are going to get, get real hairy for the Bengals as the season has started to unravel pretty quickly for them. If so. the Bengals are 0 and 3 and the Vikings are 0 and 3 and the Commanders are 3 and 0, I'm going to just be so confused. It'll then prove that all that talk at the beginning of the preseason and throughout is I mean no one really knows what's about to happen. So you just never know in the NFL. That's it. Except the well, 49ers. Awesome. You can always know the 49ers will be somewhat good. It's true. Well, Paige, any other last thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? Skull Vikings. Zach and I will be watching football together on Sunday, and we will have a riveting podcast for you coming out Monday to review all of Sunday's action. Actually comes out Sunday night, so if you need your quick fix, you'll have it Sunday You were just, after 10 hours of watching football, if you're like, I need to listen to the mouths of Zach and Paige, it will be ready for you. That sounded hot. Thank you so much. (laughs) been another episode of the his or her podcast until monday have a great weekend